Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Joining us right now, he is a columnist with the Boston Globe. It is Dan McGowan. And Dan, not only uh, was that quite the column that you wrote about Governor McKee, first time I've heard of Rhode Island governor compared to Bart Simpson, it was right on the money. I'm always then curious to hear the reaction you got after the column was published. Well, uh, you know, this is one of those ones where uh, I suppose it's easy to pile on. Uh, and so, you know, the overwhelming reaction yesterday from, uh, you know, people across, surprising people across government was, thank you for writing, you know, for that, need, that needed to be said. I mean, a, a, a governor uh, in, in a situation like this, uh, you know, a governor needs to be at a press conference and reassuring people and, and, and that kind of thing wasn't there. Uh, specifically from the let governor's me, office. Let me interject just for a moment, Dan. Do you think... I think your column impacted how the McKee... I asked the question wrong. I think the governor's people and himself reacted as a result of your column from yesterday. Well, it's funny you say that because where I was going to go with what I was about to say was just, you know, on one hand, uh, you know, the governor tends to write off all criticism the same, right? He tends to... uh, I think he largely... He sees it, believe me. He reads it and sees it. Uh, and then holds a grudge and thinks, "Oh, you just don't like me, right?" I should just be clear. I don't, I don't, I don't know why I feel the need to say this. I have no personal opinion on the governor whatsoever. In fact, for years, I actually thought of him very fondly. Yep. Uh, you know, when he was a lieutenant governor. So the, there's no animosity towards no. him. That's just put that aside. Um, so you know, they don't call to. It, it, it's very different than. Uh, I think Governor Chafee and Governor uh, Raimondo's people, and then, you know, all the mayors that I've ever dealt with in Providence, you know, are can, can be very nitpicky over everything you write. They call, they want to, you know, they want to push, you know, they want to argue balls and strikes with you, uh, which is a healthy part of what happens. You know this, you've done it forever. Uh, this is never the case with the governors. They, they just don't respond to you. Uh, you know, I, in fact, I, I try not to abuse this, but on Monday night, I put it in the column. On Monday night, I reached out directly to the governor. I texted him and said, hey, Gov, why weren't you at the press conference? Because, you know, you also never know. Is there is there possible, you know, is there a family situation or something going on? You don't want to jump out and say, oh, the governor's, you know, the governor was a no-show and then find out, oh, yeah, health problem or, or, or something like that. Right. You know, you'd feel, you'd feel a little bit bad. Got no response until, you know, 11.30 p.m., where you know no no questions were answered from the you know the press office, but uh, again to your point, they read the column because then yesterday I feel like they they essentially did everything I suggested they do. Yes. Uh, none of which, by the way, it's not like it was brilliant. Uh, get on the phone with the Secretary of Transportation is not uh, you know I'm not the first person in the history of the world to come up with that idea. But I thought the way that they rolled out their press conference yesterday, uh, yeah, I mean, I think they very clearly, uh, you know, were, were in some ways reacting to, you know, what they knew the narrative was, especially yesterday morning, which was, where was the governor? You know, we're hearing a lot from Peter Alvidi, uh, who's done, a, you know, generally, I think, a good job in responding to everything, whether or not, you know, we'll find out, I think, in the coming weeks and months you know, how much they knew and, and that sort of thing. But but to his credit, he's been out front and answered every question you needed. But again, you need a governor there. You need that person, yes. you know, the, the person we elected to, uh, to, to be out there. Dan McGowan, in real time, just so people are clear, he sent Alvidi out alone Monday, Monday night. Uh, everyone got the notice on their phone. And when they put out the governor's schedule for Tuesday, there was nothing about a press conference. So right. in real time... His reaction was, I, I don't know what their plan was, but I, I'm curious what you're hearing as we're going to learn more. First of all, I think you map out about the December debacle. This is so much more severe. I, I think this could end up, this is, it's incredible the domino effect it's having around the state right now. I mean, you can't cross, obviously, you, you, know, you're not, you, can't, you literally can't cross the bridge from the East Bay side, but I mean, what if you are anywhere uh, going that direction? Uh, you know, you including working in Providence, you are affected tremendously. I mean, you know, we're still seeing today day two of this kind of in terms of the traffic situation of it all. 
you know, people taking an hour and a half, two hours to get to work on a normal, you know, 20 minute commute, maybe less than 20 minutes, uh, you know, and no sign, at least in the initial couple of weeks, I think, uh, no sign of kind of relief on that front. Now, you know, I suppose the good news is you get a little bit of relief over a holiday break, you know, people out of work, things like that. You got to assume employers are going to probably, for for people who can do this, are going to allow, you know, a little bit more work from home, things like that. But, I mean, this is a tremendous economic, uh, you know, challenge for this, for the state. You know, I'm glad that they're able to get, uh, they've been able to kind of figure out the emergency vehicle because that was a catastrophe. And I think that this goes back to, you know, one of the reasons I felt the need to very immediately write the the column that I wrote, and it was harsh on the governor, was I was hearing from not just people who don't like the governor, but, you know, from people in the in the healthcare world, people yeah. uh, in, in the education space, certainly people in Providence who were saying, we, we are not getting any direction whatsoever here. Um, and, and I think that I think that to, to the credit of the administration yesterday was a better day than the night before. But there are still a lot of questions to be asked. And there's this is going to be an inconvenience for a really long time, it appears. Dan McGowan, I also I like that you called out in the column. He didn't even pick up the phone and call. The mayor of East Providence, Bob, De, you know, De Silva, he had Liz Tanner do that from Commerce. Stunning, John. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I thought, they, and similarly, by the way, with, with the mayor of Providence, who uh, they're, they're now they're having press conference. The governor's having press conferences with both uh, separate press conferences with both Mayor De Silva and Mayor Smiley today. As of yesterday afternoon. He still hadn't talked one-on-one with the mayor of Providence. Wow. Uh, and, and, and I think about that. I mean, John, you know, I was only here for part of this, but you were here for the last time we had truly combative relationship between Governor Kachiri and Mayor Cicilline. Yes. Can you imagine in, in, in a similar event, Governor Kachiri not calling Mayor Cicilline to say, hey, like, let's get on the same page here. Um, I, I, I just knowing the gov- knowing the former governor a little bit and knowing the mayor uh, a great deal, the former mayor a great deal. I can't imagine them not being able to at least talk and figure things out and, and you know go over logistics. Um, yeah, that was that was completely stunning to me. And by the way, it's not just a courtesy call. You literally need to talk about hey. This is what you know, this is what's going to cost me if you're the mayor, you know, of Providence. If you're the mayor of East Providence, um, and, and you know, we're going to get a lot. That's going to be the next phase of this for the cities and towns is how much this potentially, uh, you know, is going to cost in police overtime and things like that. And you know, getting a reimbursement is, is going to be, I think, a top priority for both East Providence and Providence. It's Christmas time at PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Christmas season is underway. Fraser Fir Trees, 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown, Rhode Island's number one garden center. Potted live trees, custom handmade wreaths, 10 inch to even 60 inches in sizes. Think how, think how great that would look outside your business. They have Christmas swag, mistletoe, hanging baskets, roping, cut greens, decorative pots, cemetery baskets, Christmas crafts, gift certificates are available at PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Look for them on Facebook. Florist quality poinsettias. They also have custom-made sleds from a local artist. Firewood is available. Pick up a delivery. They're open every single day now right through Christmas Eve. Look for them on Facebook. It's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center this Christmas season. Stop in and see them. Folks, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Columnist with the Boston Globe. Dan, I can't echo this enough, and I I don't think people fully yet understand the magnitude of this problem. I I think this could be... This this is a life... This is so... (laughs) Everything negative towards the state. You saw it yesterday then, traffic jams in Newport... Traffic jams on 95. I, I also refer to Buddy Sancy who's talked about the politics of snow. You can't spin your way out of this. For Governor McKee to try to echo 
a blizzard or anything like that. That's not what this is. That's then you plow the the snow off the street. This is this is and there, there's no telling how long this is going to take. Well, that's the whole ball game here for Governor McKee is you hope that you offer a harsh prediction of you know of a couple of weeks uh, initially and then and then potentially three months to get the actual bridge fixed if you get this done next friday i think people forget about it and they say boy that was really inconvenient but god you know the state actually did its job and, and people came to work and this was wonderful and it, it's actually worked out if this goes three months or longer as is absolutely the possibility remember we're dealing with i'm looking out the window of my house right now Sunny day, beautiful day out t- today, and in, in, in a weekend where we're expected, you know, where temperatures are expected to even be a little bit higher. Uh, you eventually, you end up with snow, blizzard, that kind of thing. I mean, can you imagine what, what, you know, how bad this could actually get? And so I think that's what it's all going to be, um, you know, wrapped up in. He did not, you know, I think he struck out uh, in the initial rollout of this. I mean, it is stunning to me that. Uh, you know, you find out that there's a potential for, you know, a real problem on Friday. And again, you don't have to, I'll give them the pass on this. You, you don't have to call Dan McGowan to say, Hey, you know, you need to set off all these alarms and freak out, but how do you not, you know, make some phone calls to the mayors to, you know, folks to say, Hey, we got to be on guard here. There's a potential for this. And you know what it is? It's because they're paranoid. They're worried about leaking and they're they're more interested in the public perception than they are the solving the actual problem. That's a huge major problem for them. Going forward, though, again, if it if it works out where this is actually solved in a couple of weeks, I think people might give the benefit of the doubt. Goes on longer than that. I, I, you, you're right. The politics of it is just devastating. I think for uh, for, for this governor. I also Dan McGowan. I when I was first on the air, it was the. There was no relationship between then the mayor of Providence, Yancey, and Governor Lincoln Allman. I mean, there was no relationship. So now, Dan McGowan, also in Roadmap, uh, you touch on, and I think it's a good point, what Providence, uh, as far as overtime, I think you mentioned like New Year's Eve is their, their busiest or that's the, the highest. This is per day what this could be costing the city yeah for folks out there the, the, the police detail right so it's essentially police overtime but it you know all those police officers you see that are you know directing you if you're if you're unfortunately uh you know stuck having to drive through the east side of providence after you know crossing the henderson bridge uh you know all those people are on essentially on overtime right they're on police those are police details the city is projecting that that's going to cost fifteen thousand dollars a day uh, you know, in perpetuity until until they can figure this all out. And by comparison, as you said, the, one of the busiest days of the year is New Year's uh, is New Year's Day, but really that's the after midnight New Year's Eve, and that usually costs between ten and thirteen thousand dollars for one day, right? And then they they budget for that, they prepare for that. Fifteen grand a day is a huge number by the way that's on top of all everything else that happens in the capital city it's on top of all the other you know police work that has to happen you know every single day and so uh it, it's a a really like you know escalating expense that's why you're gonna see i think you know the mayor the mayors both mayors de silva and and, and smiley you know push for obviously they're going to seek state and federal reimbursement but you know there's this talk about potentially trying to get some sort of emergency declaration the governor and peter alvini have been a little lukewarm on it they kind of poo-pooed it yesterday but to me i wrote this in roadmap today i don't i don't know why you don't just ask for it because there's no harm in asking right you don't you don't get no one slaps you down to say uh, you know, you shouldn't have done this. I think you ask, you lean on Jack Reed to say, hey, can you do this? You make your phone calls to, you know, the relationships you have in the White House. By the way, we have a congressional, you know, a brand new congressman who, you know, basically ran on his relationship with President Biden. Uh, you know, let's see him flex it a little bit and, 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 and get some relief for these cities and towns. Uh, I don't mean to put that on the new Congressman Amo, but again, that's how he ran his race. So let's let's see how they do. Dan McGowan, final question. Um, why do I, I just get the, do you get the same feeling there's, there's more to this than they're letting on? 
This is um, like Governor McKee, you know, how the whole thing from Philadelphia in the Amtrak and what happened down there, how that then eventually came out. I just look at his actions on Monday afternoon. He's having a slice of pizza, you know, posting, posing with this guy. He goes home. Everyone's phone goes off. He sends Elviti out solo at five o'clock. There's something this I, I you tell me i mean, there's something in the background here that just I, i'm not i'm not buying the story in the version that they're putting forward right now yeah i mean you know i'll say uh, we are not engineers and so i i don't know you know specifically you know when this would have been spotted and and, and it doesn't you know when they should have you know figured it all out but to your point the timeline doesn't make a lot of sense again you know, even if you say that, oh, we only, the only possible way we would have learned about this is last Friday, I don't understand how you don't have the systems in place uh, to, you know, again, ju- the, the just in case measure of, hey, if, if this is that bad, we might have to actually close this bridge down. It looked like, the, and it was this hurried, you know, situation. And I mean, I, I can't underscore enough how hastily called that press conference was. And yep. The governor to not be there, you know, is incredibly irresponsible. But, you know, we're talking many agencies within government didn't know. The Rhode Island Department of Education had no clue until they got alerts on their phones to say this is a problem. And I've talked to, to elected officials, you know, state lawmakers, didn't know whatsoever that this was coming, had no idea. I was in the state house on Monday, John. We were interviewing uh, Speaker Shikarchi. The governor was was around. I mean, people. Th- th- there was no clue. The, the speaker had no idea that this was something that uh, you know was was the potential. And again, it's not like this isn't about oh, every who deserves a courtesy call versus who doesn't. It's about how do you use your you know your top people in government to organize to figure this whole thing out to make it a little less stressful for the taxpayers and and, and the people of Massachusetts, obviously, who are affected by this, too. Uh, It's just stunning to me, the lack of coordination. The only thing I could put on that is, aside from the fact that I agree, I think we'll figure out more and we'll learn more about the timeline and the story and how it adds up. But the only thing I can put it on is I think the governor's team is so paranoid about leaks and how this could have played and oh we don't you know we don't want this during the army navy game to be a factor yeah um and and, and i think they they kind of were were really nervous they just didn't want it out there just yet now, again that doesn't mean that that they put anybody in harm's way again nobody was hurt you know in any in any real case so we should give them the credit there but uh to to, to not have a plan in place and to send up the, the you know DOT director out on live television during rush hour huh. uh, is just stunning to me. Yeah, as you as you also pointed out, uh, Gina Raimondo would have been you know it's it's night and day how she would have handled this, and we watched how she handled it. She was always with Doctor Scott, but uh, Governor Raimondo made it very clear she was the one in charge and was going to handle it. Um, I, I'm I don't think we're there yet, F- folks. You hear me mention roadmap. And it is fantastic. It arrives in your inbox. It is all links to different stories in the globe. Dan McGowan's very modest, but he often breaks news. Dan, right now, if you would be so kind to uh, explain to people how they could start getting Roadmap tomorrow. Well, John, before I do, I want to wish you uh, all the best uh, with everything going on. Thank you, Dan. Uh, I am praying for you and thinking about you, and and I know you're going to pull through this just fine. I appreciate that. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So that's most important, and, Thank you. and my best to your family too. Uh, and, and for folks out there, very simply, just send me a blank email: rinews at globe.com. We'll sign you right up: rinews at globe.com, and you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning. Dan McGowan, fingers crossed, and I think we talk to you next week. All right, <laughs> looking forward to it. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> This portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Pop in and see them, whether it's for lunch, nice weather, you can sit outside on the deck, or maybe sit in the dining room, delicious food. Then they also have a great full bar, large dining area, and you're gonna love the lounge. The Lodge Pub and Eatery. People rave about their delicious, consistent, great food, and also the great staff. 
I'll see you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. At Med Urgent Care, walk-in urgent care center, all your medical needs. They're open seven days a week, doctors and nurses. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston. That's right in the Atwood Medical Center, 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, right across from Felicia's. Again, they're open seven days a week. At Med Urgent Care, when you need urgent care without the wait now, when I've been in that situation and I needed urgent care, that's where I went. If you want to go to an emergency room and have a long wait, well, you're free to do that. Otherwise, do what I did. Go to At Med Urgent Care, whether it's work-related, maybe someone's not feeling well, someone needs stitches, whatever it may be. At Med Urgent Care, comprehensive outpatient urgent care facility. There's two locations, one near you, Johnston, right in the Atwood Medical Center, and also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich. That's right across from Felicia's. When you need, and I need urgent care, you want AtMed Urgent Care. Again, two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston in the Atwood Medical Center, and 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich. Seven days a week, doctors and nurses, AtMed Urgent Care. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Well, the state is a wreck. There's no other way to describe it. Anyone, uh, I was trying to travel yesterday, and what you have is a domino effect where people are now trying to avoid 195. So the Newport Bridge is also under construction. So Jamestown and Newport were suddenly totally bottlenecked. Newport was completely bottlenecked. Um, they're, they're starting to do some work on 195 East, so then that was slowed down. That was a traffic jam. So then regular 95 North was problematic. What you need to understand right now is Governor McKee is not prepared or equipped to handle this. He knew about this on Friday afternoon, but he didn't want to disrupt the Army-Navy festivities. Now, I've heard that they noticed the bridge was swaying, and there's certain components of the bridge and i'm talking about the uh, washington bridge that connects 195 and that's where then they started to notice some of the problems that that one of the four crossbars was stretched to the max and if it let go the bridge could have fallen under the water they noticed that the bridge was swaying now from what i also understand the um Federal DOT is accusing Rhode Island DOT of faulty inspections in subpar materials. If repairs are not completed and approved in two weeks, they may take over with an Army Corps of Engineers and then build the state. So Governor McKee is trying to put out this falsehood right now that, oh, the, you know, the federal government's going to pay for everything. Uh, that That's not true. So there is a back and forth right now between Rhode Island DOT and the Department of Transportation. But what you have to also understand is Governor McKee at this point will say, he'll say anything in order to try to get everyone off his back. I mean, he absolutely does not care at this point and is willing to just, whatever, he, 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 doesn't, he doesn't even care. It's, it's like, he'll, you know, we'll, we'll make it up later. Um, there's no concern for the truth right now. It's all, he's literally just trying to get from one day to one hour to the next. But no, this is, this is sheer incompetence. Um, all due respects to, I, I like Peter Alvidi. I know, I've known Peter, a, you know, a long time. Um, but, but he, he, he's not the one in charge. Now I've heard another group came in and they're the ones that do a lot of the bridge work and, and it was one of their people that spotted it that it actually wasn't even a dot person um, a, a reporter from channel 10 her assignment this morning was to be in the traffic and it took her two hours getting around rush hour so as governor mckee is just saying oh these are just inconveniences no the entire state is trucks can't get through it's it, it it's the, the, this is it that that's not an inconvenience a snowstorm 
it can be an inconvenience, right? A rainy day can be an inconvenience. This goes beyond this. It is, this is cataclysmic. This is the, the entire state was gridlock yesterday. Now, granted, maybe the northern part of the state, not so much. But then 295 starts to get extra extra people going there to avoid 95 and people i mean it just all goes on and on i want to play um this is channel 12 they did a piece um talking about lawmakers are to look at and examine our performance as as the with government with the individual branches and government in general this is a we should always be looking and see how we did or didn't perform on a particular occasion so i think oversight is certainly appropriate for this particular instance I'd be interested to know what DOT knew um, uh, going in. Was there anything that could be done to avoid getting into a situation where you just have to shut off, where you just have to stop traffic flow over the bridge for safety reasons? I understand they have a robust inspection system. Um, I understand there's some media reports out there that uh, have been firmly, um, uh, you know, rebuffed uh, by Director Alvidi out of some local papers. Um, so we'll eventually get the whole story and, uh, you know, it, and if there's something we can do better, I'll be pressing. I mean, well, there's obviously something, if there's something we could do better, why could he, could they do any worse? Now that's representative Jason Knight. He's with the East Bay. This is complete unacceptable amateur hour is what it is. And it shouldn't happen. And what you're going to get is some of the reps in the East Bay. Uh, the closure of uh, I-195 last night was unexpected and unacceptable, said the House Majority Whip, Catherine Kazarian, Democrat East Providence. The traffic situation in East Providence is a nightmare. People can't wait months. Everything we do has to go towards fixing it. it it's not that easy, though. Um, the effects have been immediate, disrupting schools, business, emergency service. You know, there many are calling for McKee to declare a state of emergency, but there, there's different, there's a formula. You just can't announce you have a state of emergency. Now, Governor McKee this morning told East Providence, oh, don't worry, the federal government will pick up all your overtime costs. There, there's no proof of that. I know someone that is involved with that that said that's totally not the case. <laughs> that when they're doing some of these projects, they don't pay police overtime costs. He's just making things up. So uh, McKee doesn't think it's necessary. It's mostly a financial issue. Well, it, it kind of goes beyond that, actually. So and then you have this also spills into Providence. Wayland Square suddenly is all bottleneck. And, and if people can't get somewhere to shop, then they just go somewhere else. Who wants to sit in traffic for an hour and a half? So. Um, as this one council person said, the east side of Providence can't be used as a months-long substitute for the interstate highway. <laughs> they have no plan. And what you need to know is McKee knew on Friday. McKee knew. He didn't want to disrupt his Army-Navy festivities. He even slipped up yesterday at his press conference, listened to this, and mentioned that when he was briefed on it Friday afternoon, and then he caught himself and said, I mean Monday afternoon. It's right here. Of the reasons that we shut down the bridge, and now we've discovered that, uh, as he mentioned on Friday, they worked through the weekend. They notified me on late Friday, uh, Monday afternoon, and decision was made to closure. So, no. What did he say? No, no, no. He knew late Friday afternoon, and then he didn't do anything. Here's something else that needs to change. If, if the bar, meaning where you set your expectations, if that level is... Well, it didn't collapse and nobody died. Well, then you got big problems if that's the level that you're trying to measure at. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Do you need a good plumber? I found the best plumber, JMB Plumbing. Call them today, all your plumbing needs, 401-743-9153. JMB Plumbing. They've been providing plumbing services for years. Skilled professionals stand behind their work. Guarantee you will be happy. 
Maybe it's repairing damaged water pipes, repair clogged pipelines, maybe replace a, a water heater, as well as all your plumbing needs. Call them now. It's JMB Plumbing, 401 743 9153. Nothing throws off your life or your home or your business. When you need plumbing service, you need someone reliable, someone who's professional, someone who'll handle the job and do it right. It's JMB Plumbing. Call them today, 401 743 9153. JMB Plumbing. And look for them on Facebook. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. All right, let's dip in. This is the uh, Governor McKee press briefing. I see uh, Sabina Matos is there. I'm not sure why she's there. Governor McKee, this is uh, DOT headquarters. This is in the aftermath of the disaster of the critical failure of some bridge components. The person who's not there is Peter Alvidi, and I think you'll also hear from uh, Commerce Secretary Liz Tanner. But this is an unmitigated disaster by the McKee administration, complete failure. We'll see whether or not they're going to uh, announce any heads will roll or anything like that. But let's, um, I want to pick it up and we're going to go with the governor who, um, I already, he's got LVD. Let's dip in. Here we go. Today, I'm joined with uh, Director LVD and Secretary Tana. We've got the colonel here as well and, uh, and our uh, emergency manager. He likes to have as many people as possible so he can pass the buck and try to hide. And uh, really talking to provide an update on the, on the Washington uh, Bridge um, response. Uh, you know, so we want Rhode Islanders really to know that uh, we have a strong team in place, just like any other, oh, yeah. any other uh, emergency that we've addressed, oh, yeah. uh, which we've addressed many and been very successful at. There's no reason to, to believe that the same thing is not going to happen in this case as well. So we want to make sure that we're mo we've mobilized uh, quickly yesterday. Uh, the director gave me a call late afternoon yesterday and, and explained the, the uh, observations that I have made over a, a, f a few days. Uh, to make this determination uh, in a real thoughtful uh, way. They've and known uh, for once a while. Uh, uh, the director gave me his, his advice, uh, we moved quickly and shut down the, uh, the bridge on the, on the west um, transportation side. So early this morning, I was with the director Alvidi uh, and his uh, chief bridge engineer at the Washington Bridge uh, to get an overview, uh, first-hand look at uh, what, uh, why the bridge has been closed, and the uh, director will talk about that. And also, what do we, what, what's the plan, and how do we they don't have lower one. the inconvenience huh. of something that could have been a a very disastrous uh, potential, Talking and point. that's what we avoided. And now we're dealing a with a, a an extreme matter, uh, and and a highly uh, inconvenient one. Uh, for people in this, uh, that are using that bridge. That's why he and didn't we're looking attend to minimize that, and we're going the to talk press about briefing last time. how everybody's role here uh, is to um, to make that happen. What's Matos going to do? So we, we're, one of the things that is certainly have discussed in our meetings last night, as late as 11 o'clock last night, uh, was the idea of emergency vehicles. I want to also thank people who are being very collaborative in their in their efforts to uh, exchange their thoughts about how we can reduce this inconvenience uh, that we're going to have, we're going to share, with the understanding that safety is the absolute top priority. So the collaborative thoughts that are coming our way, either through text or over the, over the media, uh, we're considering each and every one of them. Huh. Uh, and we really That's are, make people um, feel better. you know, we really appreciate uh, individuals out there that understand that so if you have a suggestion circumstances like this you could run the uh, deal to be addressed in a way that is uh, done in a, in a measured a way uh, and we appreciate I got a call from Senator Felag this morning who is impacted in, in some ways and he outlined you know multiple ideas including the Newport Bridge we'll talk about another other ways to kind of lower the, the the travel count on a daily basis so I want the people to know that they're positive type of approach to this is very important to us. Yesterday, our administration uh, contacted Senator Jack Reed. We've had contact, contact with our congressional delegation. I just got off a phone call with, with um, Secretary Pete uh, Budovich. Uh, he was very much uh, aware of what was going on, but also that he had, didn't have all the details. 
And after he heard that we avoided a, a problem that we've seen happen uh, in ways where the problem actually, uh, you know, uh, caused collapse bridges throughout the country, uh, he was very, very complimentary of our leadership team here to oh. ever address a problem before it happened. So we're going to continue those conversations with the secretary, uh, and we've exchanged our phone numbers so that we can keep up to date with one another. I've invited them to be, come to the state and look at the great work that's going on, but also this work here, which is another, another one, just another in a long line of, um, of um, you know, issues that we have to address on an emergency basis. And Mark and the Colonel and others have had extreme experience on that. So we know we have the leadership leadership team in place. So Director Pappas, thank you. No leadership. Uh, proactively get engaging, getting on the phone with me late last night, talking about these very issues on the early stages of putting the plan together. Rhode Island Commerce as well, uh, you know, is in frequent communications with the City of Providence, City of East Providence. And we want to make sure that uh, shortly after this press conference, we'll be meeting with all the municipal leaders and their emergency management teams what to get their disgrace. take on what is currently happening in their communities what and what, uh, you know, how we can address these issues how? that are going to impact families uh, and businesses. Now. So, Secretary, Secretary, where you are down there, thank you for, you know, working on that. And, of course, Lieutenant Governor, working with small businesses oh, yeah. and the business community at large, we want to make sure that we are... Uh, in direct communications with them, and we, as we have been, and we'll continue to work closely with Secretary Tanner's office to make sure that whatever whatever disruption potentially could be happening, uh, and once we identify what that looks like, we will proceed. I do have uh, going back to you know thanking people for their input. I I talked to a friend of mine uh, that was traveling from Riverside today. I just got off the phone with him. He explained these pockets of uh, congestion that are happening. Uh, so we really need the municipal leaders to help us identify if those have, if there are pockets of congestion uh, that we need to address. Uh, and I think that what's going to happen is we know immediately with working with Providence and East Providence, but we also, I talked to the mayor of East Providence today as well, and, uh, you know, right now East Providence is certainly getting the brunt of this, um, of this detouring on the traffic. So uh, right after this briefing, I, like I said, uh, we're going to, with the, with, the, with the team that's in front of you, uh, we will be working with um, uh, all, these, all the cities and towns in the state, just like we do in a normal type of an emergency, which is like on the snowstorms, where we have direct contact with the municipalities, and we plan to have daily, daily contact with the communities, all the communities, but in particular, as the communities kind of determine who's being impacted, who's not being impacted, uh, you know, we've got to make sure that uh, we're, we're communicating with the municipal leadership. I just came back from a wreath across America in Ponagansett High School. I traveled all the way up Route 6, all the way up Route 10, all the way into the State House. Uh, there are areas of the state of Rhode Island that are going to just be, uh, you know, business as usual. And we've got to kind of really bring it down to those spots that have the most inconvenience and then lower that inconvenience as much as we can. And I think it's in minutes. You know, did, are you going to take you 25 minutes to get over the bridge from point A to point B on a normal day? And now we've got to measure what that now is. Is that 50 minutes now or is that an hour? We've got to let communicate to people what the time frame is on, on those, on those, on the, uh, on the, on the particular trips. And also try it as best we can lower that count that actually going to use the bridge by finding other options for them. So our response team, uh, you see here today, will continue to work across state government, uh, our local government, and with the business community to ensure an efficient and coordinated response while DOT works to get the bridge reopened as soon as possible. I want to really recognize the team that DOT has out there. I met them today. I met the engineer, the young engineer that actually identified what Peter's going to describe to you as a situation where there was no choice in the matter. We need to make sure that safety is the overriding uh, message that we deliver to the people in the state and also uh, working with uh, our leadership uh, to minimize the, uh, you know, that, as I say, it's an extreme inconvenience that's going on right now. We want to minimize that. So our shared goal, again, is to keep, goal is to keep residents safe. Uh, work collaboratively and collectively to minimize the inconvenience of the roadway 
and also make sure that we're clarifying uh, any anything that's out in the in the public's eye uh, where uh, we need to make sure that we are really delivering uh, the accurate information huh. uh, so that they can um, they can um, schedule their not families affairs show up accordingly. last night so, at the briefing. Uh, as we work together, we want to hear from the municipal leaders, as I said. Uh, I repeat that, our local businesses, other organizations, to keep the lines of communication open, our emergency management teams, our emergency response teams. I think that we have set up a, a very uh, reasonable and uh, strategy that's going to allow emergency vehicles to travel across the bridge in a way where they should not be impaired in terms of their time and the critical nature of their work. Uh, so I would just um, leave it at that. Uh, as new things arise, we're going to continue to inform uh, people in the state of Rhode Island. And uh, again, asking everybody to um, disaster. be understanding that this is an event that cannot be avoided and cannot be It predicted. absolutely could have been and avoided. And like I said yesterday, late afternoon, Competent Peter did the right thing to come to me. What? And, uh, and opposed uh, to what? give me the advice. Uh, and we oh took that advice uh, as, um, as we should from the professionals that are doing the work. And this is where we are right now. So we'll have Peter next to... Uh, Make his comments, and I'll stand by for any questions that you might have. Thank you. Wow. That's Governor McKee. Here comes Alvita. Thank you, Governor. Hasn't slept. You've heard me say uh, earlier today and, and yesterday the sequence of events here um, was that, uh, as with all of the structures that we have uh, in our bridge system in Rhode Island, <clears throat> this is one of the older bridge structures. Uh, we started out seven Come years on. ago identifying... You guys have uh, hundreds of nearly millions. Nearly 30% of our bridges in our inventory were structurally millions. deficient. And over the last several years, we've begun the process of rapidly rebuilding that bridge inventory. And many of the bridges, even over the last eight years, like this one, got older as we were rebuilding the worst ones and have gotten to the point where uh, we need to repair them also. We have a regular and routine bridge inspection program that inspects all of our bridges on various schedules, depending upon the severity of their condition. Our uh, engineers keep a very well-managed inventory of them. This bridge was last inspected in July. I know that uh, we've had various uh, uh, times, August, July, um, and that information is coming to me as uh, fast and furious during this process, so there's a bit of confusion as to when it was, but the records that we have that they've showed me is that the last inspection on this bridge happened in July. It was in good condition. It, there were no failures at the locations that the failures took place. But as with many bridges we found in our inventory that we have fixed, some 300 bridges that we've already fixed in our inventory, uh, we still have many to go. And when they get to their, the end of their um, useful life, as this one is, the deterioration can accelerate. Uh, and that's what happened with this bridge. Um, there are, on each side of the bridge, eight uh, pins that are anchor pins that hold uh, major uh, beams in place that um, as old bridges like this go, if one pin uh, becomes deficient, then it can have a compounding effect on the other pins in the bridge, and that's what happened in this case. A young engineer that we have working on the bridge adjacent to this structure uh, noticed during the reconstruction of the new bridge that we're building, um, noticed the failure of one of the pins. He brought this to the attention of his supervisor on Friday. Um, his supervisor acted quickly to get our bridge engineers and other consultant experts that we brought in to take a, a hard look at the rest of the structure. Over the weekend, they did an intense investigation of all of the other components of this bridge, and they found other deficiencies that were happening in a kind of a cascading way on this bridge structure. Uh, they settled down. They did an analysis over the weekend of the condition and the various alternative methods to 
uh, repair those deficiencies, whether they could be temporary shored or whether or not it would take a longer-term approach. They did a full analysis on it, and on Monday midday provided me with a report that not only had determinations on the advancement of the structural deficiencies here, but also what the remedies should be. Um, and uh, so they gave me the problem and the solutions. Uh, there was a unanimous consensus between myself and all of the engineering staff that the prudent thing to do, the safe thing to do, although a difficult thing to do that we don't do very lightly here, was to close the bridge to traffic. That was a decision that was made in order to keep of paramount concern here at DOT the safety of the 90,000 people a day that travel over that bridge. It is a tough decision to make because you're affecting the lives of 90,000 people on a daily basis where every minute is multiplied by 90,000, where every hour that they lose is multiplied by 90,000. But the one thing that we always protect against, the one loss that we protect against here at DOT is the loss of life. So we made the decision to close the bridge as much of an inconvenience as it would provide in order to do the fix that we need to do. In parallel to those efforts, another group of engineers and planners here, um, in conjunction with uh, the governor and, and his staff and the emergency management of the state police, put together a plan to systematically close traffic to the bridge and implemented that flawlessly. I have to commend the, the uh, state police in their, in the help that they gave us in closing down the bridge. Uh, they basically cut off the flow of traffic to it in a very systematic way from the various on and off ramps sequentially, eventually down to the main thoroughfare. Uh, and they effectively closed uh, the routes to traffic within a matter of, I think, an hour or even less than an hour from the time we made the decision to go forward. While all of this was happening, our engineers were already at work finding solutions and the reconstruction um, and determining the schedule and the costs, although costs are less of a, of a concern right now the major concern is to get this bridge safely repaired and reopened as quickly as we possibly can. Um, the schedule that I have right now, and we're continually working to improve that so that if you hear times and schedules changing over the next few days, it's because we continue to do deeper dives and bring in as many additional resources as logistics will allow us to apply to this problem. Um, we're hoping to accelerate the process, but right now uh, our engineers are confident that we can have a temporary two-lane um, opening to the westbound traffic that will utilize two lanes of the eastbound bridge that is adjacent to this. Um, and uh, that temporary opening, uh, they're working toward having opened within a two-week period. We're going to try for even faster than that. As I said, we continuously have additional experts coming in to take a look to see if we can speed that up a bit. Um, because we know that, as I said, every minute a commuter loses, every hour a commuter loses, is multiplied by 90,000 in terms of the state's economy and the uh, cost to the public. Um, the next, uh, in parallel with all of this, we have also already started work on the reconstruction of the pins uh, that are deficient or that were severed. Uh, those pins uh, involve a much more detailed kind of construction that we estimate right now is going to take on the order of three months. Um, people say, well, why can't you do it uh, over a weekend or within 10 days? The fact of the matter is, um, in a similar circumstance in, uh, in Pennsylvania, where they actually had a bridge fail, um, 
while we averted that, their fix was simply to fill in um, under where the bridge existed with soil. And All right, folks, again, this is the uh, Governor McKee, uh, Peter Alvidi press briefing. Um, I'm not sure what to say after hearing all this, but nothing good. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Remember to follow The John DePietro Show on YouTube. It's John DePietro Show on YouTube. Subscribe, which means you get notified whenever we post new videos. You find original content, video you can't find anywhere else. Subscribe today. It's free. It's the YouTube channel of The John DePietro Show. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. Stop in and see Marie, that historic white church. Shop local, inside, all quality products, vitamins, herbal remedies, trusted companies. They understand quality, integrity. It's my health. It's all about your health. Local products. I say ye. Honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. You know, they carry over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce plus box herbs and teas, hemp and CBD products, and much more natural skincare products. Stop it and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. It's all about health for you, for your family. There's vitamins for children, all different types of teas, all different types of spices. Boy, what a difference it'll make. Shop local. Stop it and see the queen of health. It's Marie and It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant, right in that historic white church. It's all about health. It's all about your health at It's My Health. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Folks, I always tout our website just because it has exclusive stories and video it has links to on the scene live stream remember there's no va- uh, vowel i it's d-e-p-e-t-r-o.com dpetro.com you can also reach me that way if you'd like to get in touch with me dpetro.com log on and then links to facebook and youtube everything we have it's all waiting for you right there at the website When it comes to insurance, you need a neighbor, a partner, and friend. You need Shoppa Insurance Agency. They're located right on Reservoir Avenue in Cranston. Call today, free consultation, 401-900-INSU, 401-900-4678, Shoppa Insurance, SIA. Stephen, very experienced, whether it's auto, home, renters, business insurance, flood, recreational, umbrella, any other protection for your assets, Rhode Island and Massachusetts, Shoppa Insurance Agency, your agency of choice. Call today, set up a meeting. They're so knowledgeable, can have everything under one roof. Call Shoppa Insurance today, 401-900-INSU or 401-900-4678. Look for them on Facebook, again, located Reservoir Avenue in Cranston, Shoppa Insurance Agency, your neighbor, your partner, your friend, one-stop insurance solutions. Check out tepetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com, all our links to social media, exclusive stories and videos waiting for you at tepetro.com.